over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Well, welcome back, all y'all. Happy to be here. Thank you for tuning in. We're here every Saturday morning to open up the phone lines, invite you to call if you've got a project you'd like to talk about that you're trying to get done around your house, home, castle, or cabin. Let us at Rosie on the House do what we can to try and help you. You can call one 767 4348. Wherever you are in Arizona, that's a toll-free number, and that'll put you right in touch with uh, Gary D., our program engineer, and he'll get your name, number, where you're calling from, what your question is, and I will put my 50 years of Arizona home building and home remodeling experience to work for you. Maybe you're looking for a particular trick of the trade or a particular tool, or a particular product, or a particular idea to start or finish a job, give us a ring. That's what we're here for, one 767 4348 Maybe you've got conflicting proposals on how to repair something at your house. Maybe we can help you think through those things by talking through them and visit with you about your house, your home, your castle, or your cabin. Right now, I'd like to bring Sweet Jennifer into the conversation. We were talking at the end of the last hour about what we're covering this hour. And one of the things we'd like to cover coming into this time of year is let's do a quick spot check on home security uh, in, about, and around your house and home. Good morning, Sweet Jen. We don't have Sweet Jen. (laughs) Okay. One of the issues we wanted to talk about in reference to home security, <laughs> and Gary's pretty busy. He's here by himself. He's, <laughs> he's got all the phone lines well, ringing. Jennifer, Jennifer, are you there? <laughs> I have her up. Oh, well. So, oh, all right. Well, can you give me a minute? Well, yeah, that's fine. One of the things we wanted to talk about, and Jennifer will be here to join us in just a minute, was I'd like you just to walk around and let's take a look at the house and your home for security purposes. I recently gave a presentation actually at my church uh, about a month ago. And when I was done talking about home security, uh, one, of the, one of the attendants there came up and tapped me on the shoulder. And she, she said, well, Rosie, now you've taught us all how to break into our neighbor's home. <laughs> and that's not my intent, but it is my intent to bring you fully up to speed on what you might want to be thinking about when it comes to protecting your home. I've said many times, folks, if I meet you at your front door and you lock the door and I ask you to run and pick me up a donut and a cup of coffee uh, and come back, by the time you get back, I'm going to be in your house. I'm going to be drinking a fresh cup of your brewed coffee and I'll just be waiting for the donut you're bringing me. It is incredibly easy for someone that knows how to get into your home. So what you want to do is you want to make your home the least desirable target 
on the block. And once you make your home the least desirable target on the block, then you work with your neighbors to make the entire block the least desirable block in the entire vicinity. You don't know it. And I, I don't want to scare you, but it's the truth. Your neighborhood is getting cased by burglars on a regular basis. And they're writing down the addresses and the homes that tend to be most often empty during the day that seem to have very easy access, very easy to gain access to the house. Most people worry about the back door and, and all the other hidden places people tend to get in. The fact of the matter is the percentages show home break-ins with the intent of robbing you occur in the middle of the afternoon and they generally go right through the front door. So I'm going to bring you some tips on things you might want to do at your front door to discourage them from even trying. Now I think we've got sweet Jennifer. She's still not there. Okay, no worries. We're going to be talking about the front door. Uh, I want you to make it less visually appealing for them to even try getting in. And one of the number one things they're going to do as they're casing your neighborhood is they're going to be looking for homes where the front door is hidden from view from your neighbors or from the street. Maybe you've got a screen wall. Maybe you've got vegetation. Maybe you've got a, a pergola of some type that actually screens the front door from visible view. If I'm a burglar, I love that because it gives me more time to operate at your front door. And I don't need a lot of time because all I'm going to do is I'm going to take a sledgehammer uh, or a, a steel pipe filled with concrete and I'm going to use it like a battering ram and I'm going to hit it exactly on your deadbolt. And when I strike that, the fact that your wood jam, the jam, the surrounding frame of your front door is wood. When I strike that, I don't need to pick the lock. I don't need to be a locksmith. I'm just going to shatter the wood jam. I'm going to kick the door in and it will blow the jam out. And now I'm in. So one thing we want to do is dissuade them from trying the front door. One of the best things I could recommend, and it's a little bit expensive, but is a secondary screen security door, okay? Because now that individual that's going to break in the house has to be willing to go through two. The one at your door is very easy because all I have to do is apply brunt force to the deadbolt and I get in. But the security screen door, a good top quality security screen door, I have to pull. And it's not as easy for me to apply the same amount of power pulling as I can do pushing. So that security screen door is a big, big dissuader from anybody even walking up to the front door and trying. That's number one tip. Gary, why don't you bring in Bill from Tucson? 
will answer his question. I'll then I'll continue my conversation about uh, front door security. But Bill, you've been waiting patiently as we were getting set up here, calling from Tucson. How can I help you, my friend? Rosie, I love listening to you. I always learn something, so it doesn't matter if I'm waiting or not. I'm listening to you anyway. So. Okay, all right. And and I want to appreciate again. Uh, I always say when I call you, it's been 20 years that I've been listening to you and you've saved me so much money and time and, and effort that I really appreciate you and your team. So. Well, thanks. And, you know, for, for you saying that, I only have one favor to ask. I would, like you take a, I would like you to take a fraction of what we've saved you and write a check and go drop it off at the Habitat Restore in Tucson for me. Yeah, I do. I donate everything. I, Good. I Anytime I have anything, I've donated. I, that's where I go to. I right. donate everything I have to them. They got they got a really nice door that uh, somebody left at the house I bought last time. They do. So, yeah, every every chance I get, I get stuff to them. And I actually, I buy stuff from them, too. So well, I'm, they get I, me both ways. Good. So. Well, when people let me know how much I save them, I always ask them, well, do me a favor and just take a little bit of that savings and donate it to your favorite charity. But why did you call this morning, Bill? What you up to today? You've been helping me. Uh, you've helped me find a draftsman to help me. I'm, I'm adding um, I'm adding a bathroom and a kitchen onto my uh, Arizona room so I can move my mother-in-law and make it into a okay. one-bedroom. Great, great. And, uh, and, and, you know, Tucson just passed uh, ordinance to let us add full kitchens. Um, yeah, the casitas, so that, and for this for this reason, so I'm getting my uh, plans this week, and I've never done it myself to uh, push through the plans through the through the government through the city. So I wanted to, some advice on that. Try to. It's, um, it's, I know I probably can't grease any palms to get it done. Fast, <laughs> no, but, no, no. Oh boy. <laughs> well, yeah, man, no, you can't. But Bill, it it is pretty easy. Once you've got this rendering done, this floor pan and this drawing done, I would tell you just get to City of Tucson Building Department and sit down and visit with them. Uh, we can do it. Many of our cities up here in Maricopa County, it's called a pre-planning, a pre-submittal meeting, and they'll just kind of check. They'll run you through a checklist. Okay, have we established the property lines? Have we verified we're not exceeding it? We're not stepping into any of the setback perimeters. We're not exceeding lot coverage percentages. Um, and, you, and you're right, Tucson has recently passed in recognition of all the multi-generational housing that's going on right now. For years, cities won't let us put a kitchen into a guest room because uh, they don't want that single address being used by two different families. It's kind of a frustrating reality, but Tucson has recognized what what families are doing today, and they've allowed it. So take that drawing. We helped you find the draftsman. Take that drawing and just go sit with someone, and they may look at it, Bill, and they may say, you've already, uh, this draftsman knew pretty much what they were doing. You've put the, the details in here, what we're looking for. This plan is ready for submittal for plan review. And then just go ahead. They'll walk you through the submittal process. What happens is you pay a plan review fee. They take the plan. 
and their code inspectors look through the plan, verify it's all built to code, designed to code, and they may have a correction or two, and we call those red lines, and they'll call you back and say your plans are ready for pickup for red line corrections. You make those corrections, you resubmit, and then they call you and you say your plans are ready for pickup for permit. You pay the permitting fee, take the permit, the plans back to the house, and get to work! Open up your sleepy eyes for me. Can't have your hiding. I love that song. One of my favorite groups of all time. All right, we're talking home security, preparing your home for the upcoming holiday season, whether you're entertaining guests or possibly leaving. And uh, traveling to other family and leaving the home empty. Things for you to be considering and thinking about. Let's bring sweet Jennifer into the conversation. Babe, thanks for joining us here this morning. Yeah, can you hear me this time? Yes, ma'am. All right, we did it. <laughs> thanks, Gertie. <laughs> uh, well, we, we were talking about this topic. It's a big one. And you have, you have a presentation you do that just really opens people's eyes to how, how many ways your home could be not secure. But I also had some things for um, a life worth living in place. Um, you know, if you're leaving town and your your older family members are left here alone without a lot of support for us, you know, for vacation time or whatever, did you know that some of the, most of the police departments have what they call a welfare check? Uh, Paradise Valley one has, call, has one called uh, You Are Not Alone. And... Um, Surprise has one similar, and just going down the list, if you just <clears throat> look on the police department, you'll find them. But they will call your loved one at a specific time each day. And if they don't pick up, they'll call a time or two again, whatever they decide on, and then um, they'll come and check on them if there's no answer. And the only thing you have to do for that is allow them to put a knox box on your front door, and you have to give them an emergency contact. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. You know, I think... Um, a lot of people feel very vulnerable, and that's just one nice layer of security we can offer for our, our families. Our list of uh, people, elderly people home alone, that reach out to us is growing almost exponentially. And uh, this is one of the things we encourage all of them to consider doing. And it's just that one little check every once in a while to make sure everything is as it should be. Yeah, and I think it's one that allows them to f still feel independent. You know, some of the stuff like putting the, the video cameras or whatever, I think that's a little creepy sometimes. <laughs> but um, where you're watching them as you would, you know, a little one. But this is something that's just a nice layer of protection. And, you know, I looked in um, the Surprise, City of Surprise has an amazing uh, senior resource guide. And that thing is... 10 pages long in 10-point font, you know. I think it's just really a great gift to sit with um, someone who needs help finding things and helping them find the resources they need. Start putting those thoughts together. Again, it's not, like, it's not unlike what we were talking to Rochelle about how to start a project. A lot of it is what questions to ask, and these resource guides kind of lead you along 
uh, what mm-hmm. questions to ask. Yeah, you don't even realize things are available, but there there is a boatload, and there are so many generous people in the state who spend so much time volunteering. I have been blown away just doing the research on all the different um, organizations that help. I was walking through the office the other day, and I heard Jennifer on the phone, and she was kind of in a common area, and I was kind of quickly to task trying to get something done, and she just says, um, do you do you do you issue welfare checks? And I thought, oh, <laughs> I wonder if Jennifer knows something I don't know. <laughs> it's a little bit of a double meaning, I know, <laughs> but that's exactly what they call them. That's funny. And these are offered by the municipal police departments for mm-hmm. people at home that you, as a family member, may want to regularly have someone just checking on them. For sure. Works out good. Great. Gift of time and care is is a big one. Well, and I think the gift of time is huge because as as we're seeing now in in the growing role of of assisting our parents, just the little bit of additional technology awareness that we have on making things a little bit easier for them, not gifting them something they've got to set up themselves. But taking the time to to go ahead and be that IT person for them and get them through that first step and just show them how easy that is. Then I think just giving them the basics, too. We were talking yesterday about how Google, I'm getting off Google, I'm telling you right now. You know, that thing is so intrusive. And so, you know, I'm going to show my mom how to get onto DuckDuckGo. It's a safer Internet search. Uh, Microsoft Edge is better. Safari is better. But I'm going to get her off that darn thing. Okay. You know, you, you and I both had experiences this week where people's privacy was totally busted. So, and it's, that's not going away. So I want to, I, that's another whole layer we can help with. All right. Very good. Yeah, I heard a particularly scary story. I want to research it some more before I share it to verify it. But, boy, what I heard of someone researching a particular car in their bed at nine o'clock at night on a website and then that dealer called them on their cell phone oh boy oh boy i'm not liking that joe from tucson i'm gonna get to you right after this short break i see your question i've got some good guidance for you we also have sam asking a question about travertine floors and matt wants to know about popcorn ceiling with beadboard all those and your question when we get back here at rosie on the house thank you for tuning in to rosie on the house where we show up every morning to try and help arizona homeowners resolve issues or dilemmas or anxieties they might have about their house home castle or cabin let's bring joe into the conversation who's called from tucson good morning joe how can we help you my friend good morning um we have cast iron sewer under our our house and to preserve it our we're ba- uh, first of all our neighborhood sort of has been breaking down seems like our soil's hot in this area anyway i hired a company to reline our sewers so um so they started the job and they had trouble turning some corners on the sewer lines. So um, they couldn't get one section completed. So I decided to open up the bathroom floor 
for them to get better access, and and they did. And then um, after they said they completed the job, I had a friend come over and we scoped it. And they never did complete the job, and there was a big long section that they um, ignored and their equipment couldn't reach. Anyway, um, a, a supervisor came down and he scoped it and said, this whole job is not done properly and we'll, we're going to redo it. Ooh, and then mercy. a couple months have gone by and they, they finally got back and they re- and um, I was helping the one guy do the one section that I opened up for him and everything was going fine. And then he went to the front of the house and uh, got his equipment in and I went inside to uh, get a drink or two and then came back out and he was yanking on the, the lines and he said it's locked in there. And we, he fought for, I don't know, 30 minutes trying to pull the, the, the three um, lines out. Yeah. He managed to get two of the lines. He called a supervisor. They got a winch, and they pulled the last line out, which it broke off and lodged uh, a camera head in our sewer. Okay. And oh, man. they tried to send in a, a big uh, um, catcher. Yeah and hone it out, and they were unsuccessful. So they said they would get a bigger machine and come back. And it's been a week now, and I almost called them every other day, and you, they're, they're okay. not answering my phone now. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, and this contractor you used, we know they're licensed and bonded in the state of Arizona? They are licensed. Okay, that's good. Under, yeah, I then, checked. Okay, then the next thing you need to do is notify them. If I don't hear back from y'all in four hours, I'm calling the registrar contractors and I'm starting a complaint procedure. Uh, If you don't get a response, then I'm assuming some part of the sewer system is working, right? I mean, you can stay in the house. You're still occupying the house, right? That's correct. They okay. said we could use the water, but as far as toilet paper and stuff, it wouldn't be a good idea to do that. And we haven't. We've been going to the neighbor's house and whatnot. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, raise up the level of accountability and say, I'm, I'm not going to put up with y'all not returning my phone call. I'm going to take every measure possible to make your life as miserable as you're making my life. Um, this lining system... Uh, came out about 15 years ago. And there was a particular company that came out and pretty much took over the whole state and was doing this work. And we actually spot-checked some of their applications and thought, well, you know, there's a lot of applications where this makes a lot of sense. Um, They were actually ROSI certified for a little while. And And they're not the only company that do it. There are other companies that do it. But this one particular company, there's challenges. Um, I'm going to try and paint a picture for those of you that are listening. We have a sewer line underneath your house that, in this case, is cast iron. And cast iron, in in the course of 40 to 60 years, is going to start deteriorating and caving in. If we can catch that pipe before it starts caving in and create a nice, clean, three- or four-inch diameter hole, what we do is we string a line through that that is actually a big, long epoxy balloon. And we seal it up on both ends, we inflate it, and that balloon then expands to the size of the pipe. 
that old, rough, rusty, um, horrible interior surface of that pipe now is smooth as glass. But the system has some limitations, like Joe experienced in Tucson. There are, are corners that it can't make it around. When it comes to a joint, they generally have to gap the joint. So they're going to cut the liner just short of the joint and start it again after the joint. Um, a few limitations. Um, it's about the same price as saw cutting the floor and replacing everything unless you have extremely expensive floor covering or you don't want to put up with that unbelievable mess that it is. Joe, just raise the level of accountability on these guys. Tell them what you're going to do. If they don't respond, put it in writing, send it certified letter, hand deliver it to their office. Just make their life miserable. Uh, and the registrar contractors will hold them accountable. But if they don't step up and hold themselves accountable from their own conscience, it's going to take a little time for the registrar's procedure to work its way out. So, man, I, I certainly hope you can get this resolved. If they can get that camera head out of there and they've got it lined properly, once they get all this straightened out, you pretty well ought to be set for another 50 or 60 years. So, Joe, we appreciate the call from Tucson. We do get a lot of participation from Tucson. We actually um, were in Tucson uh, last week and were able to stop and visit with most of our Rosie certified partners down there. And they, too, are experiencing the same level and backlog of work as we are in this area as well. Let's bring Sam into the conversation as a floor covering issue. See if I can help him out. Good morning, Sam. Uh, good morning, Rosie, and uh, thanks for taking our call. It's actually not my problem. It's a uh... Sam. Hold on one second. Let's see if we can go to line one. Hold, uh, Sam, just hang tough. Wait, uh, tell tell minute. Sam to hold on. I think I know what's wrong here. Okay, Sam's got a travertine flooring issue. Certainly, a very popular product that's been installed both inside and outside through. A Give great, it another go, Sam. A great many homes in Arizona. Okay, uh, Rosie, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay, and so I sent a whole bunch of pictures. Have they, they been able to show you those? Uh, no, but <laughs> that's because my okay. that, that's because the man that generally does that for me, Mr. Romy, isn't here today. So go ahead and talk me through what what okay. you, what, well, you, what this, you're fighting. Is it pock marks and voids? No, uh, this is this is bizarre, and no one we've run it through twenty, thirty people. So holy cow, it's been very, very difficult. So apparently in 2017, in the hot months, uh, it started to uh, weep upwards, and it would put out a fluid that was kind of sticky. And uh, about this time of year, it would go away. And, and each summer, it's been doing this, and uh, it's getting worse and worse and worse. In the meantime, um, the aluminum uh sliding glass door has just been eroded so badly it no longer it takes an awful lot of work just to move it you know a foot okay. or two in right. back and they've got this garden in the backyard which is about i don't know three four feet up and slopes towards the house 
and they've got a problem with the house. I think is six inches low, and it needs to be jacked back up. Oh my goodness! And on the other side of this, there's a ravine. <laughs> okay, that they're right next to. Okay. And so we're thinking that this is a, a, some type of a water issue. It's getting under there, but you know, I, water doesn't go through aluminum that badly. So it's got to have something. We're thinking it's something else that's in there with it, uh, like a salt or the soil or something's happened. And the the these the looking at these, they they make little spots, and then they have uh, white in the middle of them going down the middle, and yet the rest of it's clear. It's just bizarre. That is very bizarre, and I'm going to want to get my eyes on it because anytime I come across a new problem I've never encountered, I like to see it firsthand. But I will tell you this, Sam, it, it, I'm pretty sure right now, not knowing anything else, it is a moisture problem, and we've got to eliminate the moisture. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you ought to call Bob Brown at Arizona Foundation Solutions. He okay. had he, right. Bob Bob Brown. Hold on, I'm yeah. writing this down. Bob Brown at Arizona okay. Foundation Solutions, and their number is, okay. is. You're in the you're in the Phoenix metro area, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because because they've got offices all over the state, but the one in Phoenix is 602-702-5390. And Sam, what what Bob has patented, and this is a. This is a process that he adopted from the radon elimination industry where we ventilate underneath an existing concrete slab with a pipe that's perforated that's attached to a fan that literally sucks the moisture out from underneath the floor. Uh, we, had a, we had a topic last week of vinyl flooring where vinyl floors that have been installed over the last 10 or 15 years are now experiencing moisture curls. Bob can solve that. He takes all the moisture out from underneath the house permanently. Even, even if you can't identify the source of where it's coming from, he can manage that with an underground ventilation system that's really, it. doesn't that sound horribly expensive, but it isn't. The way they've got it designed with their horizontal drilling and their 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 fan system and their exhaust through the roof it's really extremely affordable especially when you consider what the options are so give arizona foundations i've written your number down and your phone number i'm going to find those pictures and i'm going to reach out and we're going to visit i want to see this situation i've never heard anything like it uh if anyone has it's bob at arizona foundation solutions and if it's a moisture-related problem, nobody can solve it like he can solve it. So we'll leave it at that. Let's see if we can go to the next caller. All these callers have been very patiently holding. I believe we've got Mr. Matt calling and talking about a, a texture he'd like to apply or a texture he'd like to cover. I'm not sure. What's your project? Good morning, Rosie. It's actually a little of both. Uh, okay. so Romy okay. shamed me last, a couple weeks ago when he was talking about popcorn feelings and is there anybody in the state that still has them? And, and I do. Um, <laughs> okay. And I, I, I called a couple of uh, Rosie partners to see about having it removed. And the one said, 
you know, doing our whole house um, is more of a job than he would take on. And then the other one that I called said we're outside of their service area. So okay. um, I, I'm, I'm left with, okay, do I do it myself? But then this morning when you were talking about the texturing and, and through the um, email that, that uh, I got from Rosie on the house this week yeah. um, and talking about the, you know, different designs, I thought, well, what if, what if I just covered it with a beadboard or uh, tongue and groove, um, you know, and, and so I guess my question is kind of twofold. One, um, is that something that is possible or is that really too much weight to be added to a ceiling? And then the second question is, um, is that, is that cost effective? You know, would that be close to the same cost of having the, uh, the popcorn ceiling removed or am I looking at, you know, two, three, four times you, that cost? Yeah, you are, Matt. You're, you're, you're right on the money right now. Um, getting it removed. Uh, first thing we need to do is verify um, what's the, what's the vintage of your home? What year was it built? Uh, it, it was built in 85. So, okay, so uh, we're at, shouldn't have to worry about asbestos. Where asbestos free. Uh, let me, um, and, and how big is your house? Uh, it's 1700 square feet. Okay. And, and, and is it fair to say that 50% of it is popcorn ceiling? Uh, 90% of it is 90%. Okay. So it's a good amount. Okay, Matt, I know who you called, uh, and, uh, and it is outside their area and it is a little bit too big for the one other guy, but I do have a service that I'm going to give you off air. Uh, and the most economical way for you to deal with that, make it go away and bring the house up to date in that arena, uh, is scrape it, texture it and paint it. So I'll get you the right name. Hang on one second. With that, we'll take a little break. Come back and wrap it all up here. Rosie on the house. Let's take the next few minutes and kind of wrap up our content for the last three hours. Talking about information we were sharing with you, the Arizona homeowners, and one of the things that are top of mind right now is getting projects started and the things you ought to be asking yourself and things you ought to be considering and the things you ought to be bringing to the table. And if you're anticipating starting a remodeling job, the first thing you ought to be bringing to the table is a big, big dose of patience because anybody that's any good is very busy right now. And it does not pay to find somebody that can get to you quickly uh, to satisfy your urge for that new room, new addition, that new space by taking the risk. So proceed with extreme caution. We actually have guidelines and consumer guides on our website, rosyonthehouse.com, of how to pick a contractor. And if you're contemplating getting a job done, and you'll take the steps necessary to truly vet your contractor, it's going to save you untold numbers of tears and horrible anxious hours waiting for something to get done. So proceed with caution. The other thing we were talking a little bit more about is the upcoming holiday season, keeping your house, home, and property safe and secure. And I talked to you about a couple tricks and tips about the front door, how you might want to make it more secure and realize that those break-ins are going to occur during the middle of the day, uh, right through the front door. Uh, Right now, this time of year, once they're in, 
they're really going to be looking for a couple things. They're going to be looking for gift boxes that are piled up in the hall bedroom that are getting ready to be distributed during the holiday season. They're going to be looking for jewelry in the master bedroom, and they're going to be looking for any computer tower or laptop or any unpaid bills or checkbooks or checkbook statements that are out in public. Anything they can do to steal things that they can fence quickly or steal your identity. If they steal your identity, you're actually in for an incredibly miserable experience. And the fact that what makes your identity so valuable is they can sell it over and over and over and over again. It becomes an annuity to them and it becomes an unbelievable nightmare for you. So take the time to secure those areas. Don't leave your checkbook, your check statements, your check envelope, any unpaid bills out where they're easy to find. Don't leave jewelry in the master bedroom. Find another place to hide it. And know this, they're only going to probably be in your house about 60 seconds to three or four minutes, and that's about it. So make it as hard for them to find anything as possible. So there's a couple tips, hopefully, that will help. And one of the other tips, I know you people, I know you do this. You leave a hide-a-key in the front planner or in in the front yard somewhere. If, if I'm casing your neighborhood, I'm also driving through all the hardware stores and finding out which hide-a-keys are sold in that neighborhood. And if it's a little green plastic rock with a false bottom, or if it's a, a sprinkler head that you plant in the grass and it makes it look like a sprinkler, I'm going to be able to see those from the street. If you need to leave a spare key on your property, make it a neighbor that you trust and then go leave your key down at their house. So no key to your house is on your property. Hope those couple, two or three tips might help you keep your house home, possessions, presents, gifts, and valuables safe this holiday season. It's certainly my prayer 